We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. March has arrived, and we are only weeks away from the big tournament. Yes, that tournament. Make sure to head to Bet Online and open an account today to get into their $100,000 Bracket Madness contest starting March 15th. That's right, $100,000 on March 15th. You don't need to be hardcore to get into this action, and with multiple entries available, it's the season's best chance to cash in. And remember, the NBA and the XFL are still going strong, so you can bet on those as well. Whatever your passion is, Bet Online is the place to be for all your betting needs. Visit our friends and exclusive partner, Bet Online, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for 50% bonus at sign up. Again, that's bet, uh, betonline.ag. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet Online your online sportsbook experts. What is up? Welcome to the uncontested podcast post-game edition Time's of the Thunder two. Part 2. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second, Taylor. You pumped the brakes, buddy. <laughs> the Thunder have defeated the Detroit Pistons 114-107. to Gets them to 38-24 and on the season. Uh, I am your host, Jacob. I'm joined this evening by Taylor. I have some uh, some good news for you, Jacob. I know you could use it right now. Okay, I'm um, ready for it. So not only did this game improve, obviously, the Thunder's overall record for the season, right? It improved another record. Uh, per friend of the pod, Shane Young, uh, a, a fellow colleague of Nick's over at Forbes, OKC has now improved to 28-13, and 13, which is a, uh, let's see, 68.3% 
uh, winning percentage in games and clutch time minutes. 41 of their 62 games have included clutch possessions. Pretty wow. crazy. That's wild. That's wild. Pretty well, crazy. speaking of clutch, Taylor is coming in in the clutch right here, right now, because I have already recorded this podcast, 45 minutes worth. Yeah. With my 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 man, good dude, uh, Laz Jackson. He's on Twitter at Laz L A Z Chance. He covers the Pistons in a variety of fashions, multiple podcasts. Uh, he's an editor for SB Nation's uh, Detroit Bad Boys, and just overall awesome NBA basketball dude. Fellow Agreed Blue to Wire come pod on, member. Yeah, what fellow Blue Wire podcast member? Agreed to come on with me, and we had a great chat about this game, about the future of Detroit basketball, about the future of Oklahoma City basketball. So much good stuff, and then the audio file corrupted. <laughs> 45 minutes of podcast down the drain. I'm kind of upset about it. Well, hey, you made so, a, good, a, a new friend tonight. <laughs> yep, so, but Laz and I had had a good chat, uh, even though bad. the audio really, corrupted, that, which that sucks, sucks because it was really good stuff, and I wanted you guys to be able to hear it. Laz is a uh, really sharp guy, too. You guys yeah, definitely he, give him a follow. So do me a favor. Go follow Laz on Twitter. He is Again, at Laz, L-A-Z, Chance. Uh, he's an awesome dude. He doesn't only just tweet about Detroit basketball. He tweets about the NBA in general. Um, he, just a little bit of everything everywhere. So he's a great follow on Twitter. Go give him a shout-out. Uh, give him a follow. He's a great dude. And now you get to listen to Taylor and I talk about the Thunder versus the Pistons. Um, so thank you, Taylor. It's 1130 at You're night, welcome. and I just found out my audio file was corrupted and had to record a new one, and you were kind enough to say, hey, I'm not doing anything. I'll come on with you. Always talk some basketball, especially if it's Thunder. Yeah, so I appreciate you. So, Taylor, uh, we're going to burn through this one because I've already pod podcasted for almost an hour today, so I don't want to <laughs> go much longer. So we'll give our listeners about a 20, 25-minute episode tonight and call it good. Uh, this game started off as a track meet. I mean, just insane. The end of the first quarter was 38-32. Um, at halftime, it was 69. Nice. Nice. To they, 60. Shot 60, they shot 69%, yeah, and they shot 69 at halftime and as well. And also that, that first quarter total uh, for OKC, I, this is off the top of my head, I think it was like 37, something like that, some, somewhere around there. First, uh, Yeah, first quarter was 38 points for OKC. 38. That was a, a season high of points yes. scored in the first quarter. And, just and lighting so, it up. Yeah, uh, the the over under for points in this game was two hundred and ten. Oh, and after the first score, I was like, man, if you bet the over, you're feeling pretty good right now. No kidding. Um, and it was also nice to see the Thunder get out and get the offense going after the offense got kind of smothered and suffocated the past two games. Yep, against both the Bucks and the Los Angeles Clippers, but the defense kind of struggled that first half. Um, the Thunder gave up sixty four points to Detroit in that first half, but came out and just played a great third quarter. The Thunder outscore the Bucks 25-18 to 18 in the third. Uh, not not and, the Bucks, the Pistons. I wish it was the Bucks. Sorry, the Pistons. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Um, and and looked to be pretty well in command. Actually, with two minutes to go in the third quarter, the Thunder were up 93-77. to 77. Boy, goodness. And then from there, they just kind of take their foot off the gas. Right. And Which they just concerning. coast the rest of the way as Detroit pours in three after three after three. Uh, the Pistons tonight, uh, 41.9% from, th from the three-point line. So basically Ooh. 42%. The Thunder also shot 42% from three tonight. The difference is 
the Pistons took 20 more three-point attempts and made eight more than the Thunder. 43 so the Thunder, three-point yeah, attempts. Yeah, That's they absurd. took 43 to the Thunder's 24. Literally, okay, they, they shot 86 times. The, the Pistons did that. 43 three-point shots. That, that is exactly half. Yeah, 50% of their, of their shots came from or the, the three-point line sorry. tonight. So uh, the, they outscored the Thunder by eight. That would be, uh, what, 24 points from the three-point line they outscored the Thunder by. Uh, and, and that is really what got the Pistons back in this and made this a fourth quarter game. Yep. Uh, the Thunder end up coming away with the win, like we said, one fourteen to one hundred seven. And the defense, much better in the second half, held the Pistons to a total of forty eight points. No, thirty. No, <laughs> I'm so bad at math today. Forty three points. There we go. Forty three points. Granted, you already have had to do this once. Yeah, now you're Jesus Christ. Like Eleven thirty. Forty three <laughs> points in the second half for the Pistons compared to sixty four in the first half. Quite uh, a bit better. Thunder defense was much better, but just kind of took their foot off the gas at the end. Taylor. Yeah, and that's concern. Well, okay, this is kind of a double edged sword, right? Because on one one side, I guess to continue the analogy, uh, it's great that the Thunder were able to weather the storm. Um, no pun intended, <laughs> and we're able to uh, overcome this, uh, win in the clutch like they've we've kind of become accustomed to this season, and, and pull off a, a solid win um, in the fourth quarter and a much needed win after two pretty tough games against some pretty elite opponents, as we've discussed on previous podcasts. On the other side of that sword, the other edge of that sword, is the fact that, like we talked about on our weekly podcast this past Sunday. You know, against the Kings and the Bulls, those are two teams they probably should have handled fairly easily, and they struggled against both of them. The Bulls actually did something similar, where they gave up a huge lead. Um, granted, their lead wasn't quite as big against the Pistons tonight, but they gave up the lead, right, uh, against the the Bulls. And then uh, the Bulls came back, actually got up, and then the Thunder had to make a, a separate comeback in the fourth quarter to win that game. Then they got down big uh, a couple days later against the Sacramento Kings, had to make another big comeback to pull off that win. Then they played two elite teams. We know how that went uh, against the Clippers and the Bucks. Got and now this. waxed. So I'm starting to see some bad uh, habits emerge, which worries me. But again, on the other hand of this is maybe they needed a game like this against the Pistons um, to kind of get back in the flow of things, get some guys uh, a little more confidence and, and kind of get out of a slump. Because, look, it's not going to be an NBA season if you don't face adversity. And Exactly. Um, and I, that's, that's kind of what I'm talking it up to right now. But if, if the Thunder come out uh, Friday against the Knicks and, and do something similar, then we maybe need to start talking about some bad habits starting to build. No, I totally agree with you. Um, it's it's something to monitor. It's not something to worry about. Kind of like the coronavirus. Yeah, yeah, right. Something to monitor. Just not, not, nothing to worry about yet. Right? We'll see well, what I'm happens. Nothing to worry. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, about the Thunder or the coronavirus? Uh, corona, but, yeah. you know. Yeah. Did you see that CNN report that 38% of Americans said they won't buy Corona beer? Yeah. Um, also, Dude. that was kind of skewed. Um, if you like, look at the like logistics behind it all. But yeah, like who anyways, regardless, still, yeah, still pretty. I'm telling bad. you, when the Bud Light virus comes, yeah, it's gonna be bad. I already have that one. <laughs> so, um, so Taylor, a couple things from this game. First off, the Thunder shoot 61.3% from the field. Oh yeah. Uh, that one, you, you can file that one under the pretty damn good file in yep. the filing cabinet. Yep. Did the Thunder just find some crazy offensive rhythm tonight? Is it that the Pistons just suck at defense, or is it somewhere in the middle? Probably a little bit somewhere in the middle, but um, granted, I will say I'd be pretty disappointed if those 
numbers weren't near what they ended up being or um, were a little lower because we kind of chalked this game up against the Pistons as a game that the Thunder kind of get back on track, especially offensively after, um, you know, like I said, kind of going through a slump combined with playing two very elite defensive teams that threw them off their game. It was a combination of both there, I felt like. And so um, I, I expected them to come out and be able to find a little bit of an offensive stroke uh, again, and especially trying to get some of these guys like Gallo and CP3 uh, Steven, some guys like that who had been struggling uh, kind of helped them find their offensive games. Unfortunately, a couple of those guys still didn't play super great offensively, particularly Steven, which I'm sure we'll get into. But um, one guy in particular, Shea Gildas Alexander, 12 of 15 from the field. His most efficient game ever. His most efficient game of his short career so far. I mean, this kid's going, he gets me so excited. Uh, that third quarter when he took over was something special. Oh, yeah. Absolutely special. In fact, it almost made me a little angry. Um, you know, it, when you guys, you know, you have Shooter and Gallo and Chris Paul and Billy's rotating those guys in and out. And so Shooter doesn't play again until about 7.30 left in the fourth quarter, somewhere around there. He kind of loses momentum combined with he's not really getting a whole lot of touches. Shooter's kind of dominating the ball at this point, although he did have a Shooter had a fairly decent game. Um, all that to say that I would like to see Shea, I think, get the get some more touches in the fourth quarter. Um, but Regardless, I mean, it's, Shooter was 7-14 from the floor. Gallo was 7-15. It's good to see him kind of get a stroke going again. The offensive efficiency certainly picked up, and I think that was big against a team like Detroit to kind of help this Thunder team get back on track offensively. Definitely, yeah. Shea was, was one of the things I really wanted to talk about. Um, not only offensively, like you mentioned, that third quarter, he went off. Uh, he had the ball in his hands. He was the guy, and he proved like he could be the guy. Two of four from three. Didn't get to the line much. Only had uh, one free throw attempt. Uh, he made it. Two rebounds, three assists, two steals, two blocks. I thought Shea was really good defensively tonight. Yes. I thought he used his length. And he's I thought so he, much he moved his feet. Uh, this sounds weird. I just thought he looked very confident defensively tonight yeah no that doesn't sound weird at all he um and one thing i i think i mentioned this on my post game podcast last thursday and this is something and forgive me i always like giving people credit and i can't remember at this point but um for what it's worth the post i saw on on reddit didn't remember who to give credit to either so there you go <laughs> it doesn't really matter but um apparently there was an interview it's not plagiarism if it's already plagiarized exactly exactly um but apparently there was an interview where where um somebody was interviewing Chris Paul and he was talking about Shay and Shay's specifically Shay on defense and how, um, or maybe I have this flip flop. It might've been Shay who was saying that Chris Paul did this regardless. There was an interview where one of the two players said that Chris Paul was uh, assigning Shay at certain points throughout the game and, and basically challenging him to guard the other team's best player. And it wouldn't be for the full game, obviously, because Billy probably wouldn't like that. He probably want his best defender on that guy or somebody different. Um, but, CP3 has been continuously challenging Shea to guard some of the most elite players on the other team throughout the entirety of the season. And I think we're starting to see that pay dividends. He, Like you said, he's just more confident on that end. Um, he, know he, can, he knows he can hang with these guys. He's building better fundamentals. Um, he's getting quicker um, guarding these guys defensively with his feet. And he's, he's even, I don't want to say he's gaining strength because that's really kind of hard to do during the season, but... Um, he, he's using his body better. I, I don't know how to yeah. describe that accurately. No, I get I guess, you. Like he he's kind of asserting himself or, more. Right, right. He's putting his 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 body in position or in the right positions uh, to guard these guys more efficiently. And like you said, just 
really confidently as, as weird as that sounds um no i'm totally with you it's been, it's been uh, really cool to see his development and and speaking of his confidence i mean i thought we saw that offensively tonight too in his aggressiveness like he hit two threes and they weren't nobody's guarding me i have to shoot these it was like i'm getting to my shot and i'm getting to my spot and i'm getting my shot off and then he didn't right? continue to shoot bad threes because he was making those two not exactly that he, he, that, he continued to try to attack the rim he right. He had maybe my favorite play from him for the night. Early in the first quarter, he scored a quick 10. And one of those, he drove in um, and and took his two steps and went up in, in traffic and finished with his left right at the front yes. of the rim. It wasn't like a, a, a cute scoop, which I love. He just went hard to the cup and finished with his left hand right at the front of the rim. Uh, he, he just seems like... Like whenever you go to the gym to play pickup and you hit a few shots and you're just feeling yourself and and everything yep. just feels like it starts to flow, that's kind of what it feels like we're starting to see from Shay now. It's just everything's starting to flow. Everything's working. I agree. And just seeing his – I think the thing that, that sticks out to me the most, um, it's just his assertiveness and seeing him be more assertive and being more confident, like you said, not just defensively, not just offensively on both ends. Um, and so I love it's, it. it's really exciting, and I can't wait until uh, probably next season. Uh, potentially midway through next season, maybe even two seasons from now. But whenever he gets the keys officially handed over to him, it's going to be really cool to see Shea be able to do this again in the fourth or continue his streak in the fourth or his hot streak in the fourth quarter. Um, and you know what, what? I think we'll see him surpass that 32 point career high mark. Um, oh yeah. One of these seasons moving forward. Oh yeah. Uh, another guy we got to talk about the, the second who would be like the player of the game, Shea's player of the game, the Detroit version of that um, oh, would, would definitely Christian be Wood. Christian Wood. Uh, 29 points on 12 of 16 shooting, uh, nine rebounds, three assists, and a block. Uh, the blemish would be the six turnovers. He had a hell of a night for a kid that's bounced around the league and been on what I think they said five teams in four years or yep. four teams in five years. Man, I wish I would have screenshotted this stat that I saw on Twitter um, tonight. But it, it's not just tonight. You look at it, it was a tweet showing his stats since the trade deadline when Drummond was traded and this kid's just exploded. Now, granted he did have a, I think this was either career high or season high for him tonight um, in points, but not very far off from what he's been doing since trade deadline. He's pretty much consecutive, consecutively scoring in the twenties. Uh, he's grabbing boards. And the thing that surprised me, Jacob is like, you watch him out on the wing. Like he's catching shots out three point or sorry, catching passes out the three point line. He looks like a wing out there sometimes. Yeah, he does. I, I looked like, him up. Oh. He's six ten, like two forty. So, I have a question. But but for he you. he looks very wiry. Do you think the oh yeah very like I I, I saw him a couple times. I had to do some double takes. Now, yeah, I was so, at the gym and, watching and, and my he phone. looks wiry. But they're in that first quarter. Like wing, yeah, he kind of bullied Nerlens and dunked on him. And then oh, about two minutes later, him. he bumped Adams out of the way and threw down another one. And I was like, okay, like this kid's got some strength awesome story just hey he really struggled early on he he didn't really find a, a, a the right situation for him i think um he bounced around and he's finally starting to gain some confidence some consistencies at a place where he can kind of um develop and hone in on his skills and we're seeing it pay off definitely do you think and, the pelicans and, are regretting getting rid of him and uh, not having him to play alongside zion yeah <laughs> uh talking to laz whenever our audio corrupted which yeah. just ruined my mood again uh <laughs> Laz said that he thinks, you know, Christian Wood has been a very positive uh, for the Pistons this season, especially post-All-Star break, when it looks like the, the Pistons are headed for a cloudy 
future and don't really know how a rebuild is going to look. They at least have two things to be excited about with Christian Wood and Sekou Dumboya. Yeah. And and so they they he expects the, the Pistons to try to retain Christian Wood this summer. And, uh, and and I think that'd be good for them. Oh, he's, yeah, absolutely. He, he's played really well. So it's been really exciting to kind of see how he plays. Um, Taylor, we, we also got to talk about the three-point guard lineup. Tonight, the Thunder three-point guard combo, uh, 26 of 39 from the field. That would be 66%. Is that right? 13, 26, 39. Yeah, it's yeah. two-thirds. Yep. 66% for 66 points. Seven rebounds, Ooh. 18 assists, and six steals. Pretty solid. Pretty yeah, solid. I, w- I, I would say so. The The three-point guard lineup continues uh, to wreak havoc tonight. Uh, they, they did hemorrhage some points defensively, but they just looked really good tonight. Um, scoring the ball, Dennis Schroeder goes for 23 points on 7 of 14 shooting and had nine assists. Uh, he lived at the free throw line, seven attempts. And then Chris Paul, 16 points, uh, four rebounds, six assists. Chris shot seven of 10 from the field. Yeah, I mean, it just obviously those three playing together continues to be huge for this team. And like I said, a game against the Pistons, they were kind of able to work out some kinks and kind of get back um, in the swing of things offensively. Um, two things I want to briefly mention that are kind of negative, though, about this the three-point guard lineup. Uh, I Sorry, not the lineup specifically, but the three-point guards. Dennis Shooter, uh, especially in that fourth quarter, you know, Chase set for rest, and then uh, after his hot streak, and then Shooter's kind of the guy at that point, right? And he did some really nice things. He, like I said, he had a really he, uh, fairly solid game overall, but he can get a little dribble happy, um, especially in the fourth quarter there, where, I mean, uh, wow, it's went blank. The, the Pistons got hot offensively, were making their comeback, and it seemed like. Dennis kind of was forcing things a little bit. Um, he was just kind of he was passing the ball, but maybe not making the right passes. Maybe was holding on to it a little too long, driving into traffic. Where I felt like those are times, and then Shea came back in. Like I said, around seven thirty, left in the fourth. You only want to try to get the ball to Shea there. Um, so there, I just had a little bit of frustration with Shooter. I think particularly in that fourth quarter. But like I said, overall, you can't complain because you take that with Shooter. He was great for this team and really kept this team alive uh, and hit yeah. some big shots during that 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 comeback uh, that the Pistons had. And the other negative um, is Chris Paul. He still just he had an okay stat line, but he still does not seem like himself. I think the best example of that is uh, he had six turnovers tonight. And yeah, he, had he was a lot of turnovers. I mean, he dribbled some balls off well. his foot. That one in the like, fourth quarter where like he was begging for a foul basically from the ref when really I forgot who it was. I, Maybe like Tony Snell or somebody like that. I think it was Langston Galloway. Langston Galloway. You're talking about the, the, yep. where he should have had a layup and play. he just yep. – Yeah. Would try to um, do some adjustment midair, and Langston hit the ball basically out of his hands, went off Chris Paul's knee, just some stuff like that. Chris Paul just kind of seemed out of it the past couple of games. Definitely. A um, little upsetting, but, uh, but it is what it is. Do you worry at all – hold on. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, I would have muted that, but I was in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> Do you worry about at all about that three-point guard lineup come playoff time? Mm. I mean, this is such a cop-out answer, um, but it really depends on the team that we're playing against, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. you play against – and we learned that these past two games, like I said, against the Bucks and the Clippers. You play against the Clippers with Kawhi and PG. 
You're uh, in trouble. Big trouble. All right. that length and versatility. Now you play the Denver Nuggets, or even there's been a lot of people throwing out like the the Utah Jazz. I think you're hanging in there. Um, I even would argue, granted, I think the, the Rockets will probably beat us in a seven-game series, but I still think that three-point guard lineup would do really well uh, against their small ball lineup. It's really the the Lakers with LeBron and AD, even though I know AD isn't a wing, um, and the Clippers. Uh, this I is why it, I keep telling you guys, I think Darius Baisley gets playoff minutes. Yeah, great point. When he gets healthy, I think great he gets point. playoff minutes. Uh, Taylor, let's take some of these Twitter questions because our followers are awesome, yeah. and they always send in Twitter questions, rain or shine, win or lose, good or bad, we get Twitter questions. Uh, so first from our guy, at SmellyFartbox88, <laughs> Does the team seem a bit disengaged lately? Also, why won't Adams jump? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, two great points there. Um, one, the team certainly ha- does seem a little disengaged. Like I said, when you have two elite teams that they played in the Bucks and Clippers, they're so great defensively, they're going to kind of throw you off your game. Um, but I still didn't feel like the Thunder played their best basketball like they were uh, prior to the All-Star break. And then... You know, I mentioned the Bucks and Kings, or sorry, the Bulls and Kings game, and then tonight, you know, that that comeback um, that the uh, the the Pistons had in them. So they do seem a little disengaged, and I am a little, I don't want to say, yeah, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about Steven because of his inconsistency this season. He came out of the All Star break those first two games, and we were like, oh my gosh, Steven has the rest that he needed. He's healthy again. This looks awesome. And now there's been a couple games where he should have dominated, and he just is almost a no show. So I'm a little concerned about Steven. Jacob, what do you yeah. think? Um, I'm not super concerned about Steven. Uh, I, I just think that's kind of the nature of his game. Um, well, he, that's he's not going mean. to get his own yeah. offense. He's going to require others to set him up. Um, and I don't know if the team's been super, <coughs> oh, my gosh, <laughs> super disengaged or if it's been more like you, you play two of the best teams in the league, two of the teams that people think are going to win the title. Uh, and, and yeah, you got mopped by him, but, uh, sometimes that just happens. Right. So, right. uh, t- tonight taking their foot off the gas a little bit, I could see that, but, um, like, like that being some disengagement, but, uh, let's move on at black dolphin five sent like five questions in. Uh, <laughs> so that's awesome. Uh, I'm going to pick my favorite one, which is, which is more likely Donovan being coach of year or Presty being executive of the year. Great question. I'm going to go Donovan being coach of year. Same. Uh, I, I think he has a much better chance at winning that. Um, they've overachieved, and I think coach of the year typically is the coach who overachieves the most. Right. Uh, and then for Presti, I, I think he's done the good thing for the long term of this franchise, but executive of the year is always short-sighted. It's always what have you done to, to win this year. Exactly. I like, think the, the I, I, I think the Clippers that result in a championship, basically. Yeah, yeah. I think the Clippers are going to win that this year. Yep, especially if they right. win it, win it all. And, and and rightfully so. I mean, they acquired Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Reggie Jackson. Uh, you know, they 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 got all these players. Marcus Morris. They've put together a championship style roster, and and good for them. And you can't judge. Like the the Thunder did what's best for the long term of their franchise, but we're not going to see that come to fruition for like six years. Right. But I was going to say, you know, that's, so, that's so, the funny so, ironic part is like the flip side of that trade, you can make an argument that Preston should be executive of the year for that same trade. Like it's just, it's really funny yeah. how that works. Yeah. So it's, it's fascinating. 
Um, I think this is our last Twitter question from at Boomer6. says, how about Terrence Ferguson to the G League? Uh, I assume this means to help Ferg get his confidence back. Uh, Taylor, I'll take this one first, and then, cool. and then you tell me what you think. I think that, personally, I think it's an awful idea. I don't think you give somebody confidence by saying, hey, I want you to get more confident in yourself. Here's a demotion. Right? Like, I I just, I don't think that works. Uh, If this was a rookie uh, who had been up and down for the season and and was struggling right now, maybe the G League would be fine. This is a kid that started a season and a half of NBA basketball who's in his third year in the league. Right. I don't think bumping him down to the G League is going to give him confidence. I think that's... And what if you send him down to the G League and say, like, hey, go ball out and have a have a great couple of games and come back? Ferguson is a 3 and D guy. So what happens when he goes down there and he gets open shots and he misses them? Right. Is that going to boost his confidence? Wow. And these guys. whenever the other team steps on the court, they're going to say, that's a great NBA defender who started in the league. If I can go off against him, I get I'm going to prove to people that I belong in the league. So people are going to be gunning for him. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, like it to me, it's just a lose lose situation. Yeah, no, I agree. Actually, I think I tweeted something out, um, like right after Fur got back, um, and it was like his first two games back, and he was looking terrible. Like the kid looked like he had never. I say kid, he's only like two years younger than me, <laughs> but he. All right, boomer. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. All right, I took that back. Maybe three or four, but regardless, um, he looked like he hadn't played NBA basketball in his entire life. Like he was a rookie, you know, all over again. And yeah. at that point I was like, you know what? Like maybe he should, should consider going down to the G league, playing a, a blue home game or two where he can just, you know, shoot the ball, try and find a stroke from three in a competitive setting. And maybe that would help him. But now you're to the point where he's been back. He settled back into a, a even if it's not a starting role, he settled back into the rotation We've seen at times where he's had confidence in his shot. Like I think we saw it a little more in the second half of the Pistons game. Uh, we've seen him play a little better defense overall the past couple of games. Uh, he's kind of starting to get back into the swing of things. The issue is he just is not able to do anything offensively right now, and it is really, really strange. Um, there that's is even, a detriment. Yeah, right. It, oh, it, absolutely. And that's, that's the issue. Is It's becoming a detriment just to have him out on the court, even if his defense is good. And but I'm with you. I don't think the G League is the answer right now. Um, I, I don't think that does it. He's just in a really weird place mentally. Like, I think he had two fouls that were really bad no calls, either early in the second or uh, second half or late in the first half. And he just basically went over to the bench and just put his head down between his his hands because he had two quick fouls. And one of the teammates went up and talked to him, had an assistant coach talking to him. He's just in a weird place right now. I feel really bad for him. Yeah. And I, I just hope we can, can get it together just exactly. personally for the dude. I hope exactly. he can start playing well. Agreed. So, all right, Taylor. Well, anything else before we bump on out of here? Uh, because this is my I second podcast something. of the day. Yeah. Uh, just really quick. Um, our very own Nick Crane is actually going to be in New York City in the, uh, an MSG shit show of a franchise itself. Yeah, <laughs> to cover the Knicks. Wonder if you can talk game. to Dolan. Yeah, no kidding. Be like, hey, Jim, uh, think about some. What the Knicks. hell? Yeah. Probably. So yeah, Spike Lee. Nick Nick will be um, tweeting stuff from the the Thunder versus Knicks games in Madison Square Garden Friday night, and then I have the post game that night, so I will be recording a podcast for you guys that evening. So make awesome. sure you are. Uh, glued to at the underscore uncontested on Twitter. 
uh, and at the underscore uncontested on Instagram to to see all of Nick's uh, escapades in the Big Apple. Should yeah. be pretty cool. Yep. So, all right. Well, hey, thank you guys so much for checking out the podcast. Really appreciate you. Again, the Thunder beat the Pistons tonight, 114-107. They're back in action again Friday night in New York, Madison Square Garden against the Knicks. We'll be back with you with another post-game podcast then. Uh, go follow Laz Jack or sorry, it's Last Chance on Twitter. Go follow Last Chance. He covers the Pistons and just the NBA in general. He podcasted with me for an hour and then we lost the recording. So at least go give him a follow so he has something for his time with me. Uh, thank you guys for checking us out. Have a great Thursday and Friday. Uh, the weekend is almost here and we will be back with you guys Friday evening. Until then, thunder up.